The Big Light presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald and you're listening to Blethered on the Big Light Network. My guests are Martin Compton and Gordon Smart. Both Martin and Gordon have been on Blethered a few times before, but this is the first time we've all been in the studio together and it was a great laugh from start to finish. The lads have a brilliant new podcast called Restless Natives in association with Global Radio and I find out how the idea came about, how they became pals in the first place and their grand plans for a music festival in Martin's hometown of Greenock in aid of the absolutely fantastic Ardgowan Hospice. This is an episode of Laughs, Stories and Chat interspersed with some poignant reflections in life, hangovers becoming more severe and the greatest names in Scottish culture including Billy Connolly and Paolo Nutini. And as always, there's plenty more. If you enjoy this episode, share it with somebody else and make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Debt Experts Don't Fret About Debt. If you're struggling with debt and you would like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly payments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash bleddered. You can also listen to my episode with Don't Fret About Debt Senior Debt Advisor Tommy Gallagher where we discuss taking back control of your debt and the various solutions available. Don't Fret About Debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland helping you to make an informed choice. So take the first step to dealing with your debt today. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it. Cheers. Back in home soil, back in Glasgow, a wee bit up the road for Greenock. How's yeah. it feel being back in Scotland? Look, brilliant, mate. As you know, I'm supposed to be here with my podcasting partner, Gordon Smart, but he's forever Cut. late for everything. He's in Queen Street Station waiting for an Uber. Honestly, mate, the worst timekeeper <laughs> of all. Like every, he's late for every podcast we've, I think we've ever done together. Well, he's one of them guys. You know, you need to lie. Like tell when you need to start lying. It's going to start half an hour before he starts. See, see, to be fair, I'm bad for that. I know. Like everybody has to tell me, like a kid, half an hour before something is, and I'll still probably be but late I, for it. I don't know what it's. See, because I started this. Maybe when I was 17, kind of thing, like, or it's film things, you can't be late. It's drilled into you. And even, I mean, I don't get, I've turned up in some states, but I've always been on time. And as well, like, <laughs> my dad, for a while, once he first came off his rig, was a, was a taxi driver. Um, and I always thought, I, I hated the idea of somebody keeping him waiting outside Aye. a flat for about 45 minutes and all that kind of thing. So, it's something that's been drilled in him and put my background so but I so just get to the point he's late again well he's getting it stinking when he comes uh, in he's uh, he was texting me saying about do you want to go we go for something to eat later go, like, go. Well, he's wanting a gym session I know, I know. so I'm going to sign him into the gym but then he's not actually here but uh, we can it'll be good to, to hit him with pelters when he does yeah. get in before we'll, we'll leave Restless Natives part mm-hmm. until he comes in mm-hmm. Mayflies is part of the Christmas schedule mm-hmm. how are you buzzing for that coming out oh mate it's um Look, it's a, it's a it's a an amazing book by Andrew O'Hagan, adapted by Andrea Gibb. Um, it's it's tough stuff, man. Really emotionally, I mean, it's it's all about assisted dying. Mm. Um, but, but being a BBC show, look, we need to be kind of neutral way. You have to show both points of view. Um, but and I've said this a couple of times, but it's the most emotionally present I've ever been on a job because as an actor, we've got all these. You've got a load of mechanics and different tools to get in your head when it is something like an emotional scene to 
to get you to another place. Like I've killed off everybody in my family and in all my pals and my head and dogs and all that stuff. But so when you're doing it, and it looks the same, doesn't there's, there's no right way of doing it. When it gets to the screen, as long as it looks there and you deliver the line, mm. the line, the audience don't know. But with this, I didn't need to. It was just the subject matter itself. And you've got a wonderful cast. And it's just so when you were saying these lines and you were talking about what the characters were doing, you were just off. Um, do, you, do you feel like this is kind of a slight off on a tangent, but I think it comes back to the mechanics of trying to get to that place. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's you hit a certain point in your life, but very recently I've become, I don't know, <laughs> mate, I don't know if it's caused my hangovers or that, but I'm really a, a, like, a fucking I'm horribly aware right. of my own mortality. I'm like, 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 there's sometimes, right, I'll be sitting and I see a Sunday and it's been a heavy Friday, Saturday, and I'm All thinking right. to myself, you shouldn't feel like this. Like, you, you, one day you're going to die. Like, mate, that's how I, I get um, to. It's funny, way as you get older, I, I still feel people say you can't need parties. I can still party as hard as I've ever went, but it's the recovery time. Aye, aye. It's literally new people say two days, it's four day hangovers, and aye. you are depressed. And I'd say to Gordon, um, we were speaking about this the other day, and I said, Look, I, I, I was like, Is this weird? I get this mad idea in my head of like, is it, what do you call it? Spontaneous combustion? Like, aye. vapor. I, like, I just lie on the couch going, like, because I don't want the sadness of you go like, but I'm going like, if I could just vaporise and just disappear right now, <laughs> like, if I could just be gone. But that's not a healthy way. Like, see, that's when you start to question, is it worth what I'm done the night before? The laugh I had, which was great, to feel like this right now. It's, it honestly is, not it? Like, do you know one of the worst ones I've had in a while? See, after the premiere of you and Phil's, that was a heavy one. Even, I remember thinking just even that wee small time and see the, the programme, I can't remember what happened. <laughs> I was sitting up the back with Jamie McKinnon, Aye. just smashing, we kept Aye. leaving to Aye, go to the bar. And, and the bits, are, by the way, the bits, are, I have Aye. watched the whole series, but I remember somebody asking me, going, so what happened in the show? And I was like, I can't remember, I'll need, oh, to, like, I'll need to watch it back. But then the, the days after Aye. that, horrendous. And I had a fucking parking ticket the next day. See, things probably just cost you just the same as parking a fucking Edinburgh parking garage up there, man. Honestly, the amount of money I feel, but me no, I've had the same. I just had a full week's um, junket for for the rig, oh, and aye. Amazon done great to look after you. But you literally you get quite excited. Like we had an Edinburgh premiere, and there's a load of mates I've not seen. So you're literally you're in. There's makeup and stylists in your room at eight in the morning, and then you're you're getting all your thing done, and then you start your interviews from nine to like four five now you get ready then you go to your premiere nine days news and then you go out mm. and then you hit before you look at your watch you go fuck it's three in the morning and you're up in a couple of hours now day one of that's all right it's a laugh day two and you keep saying to yourself no night no night but you know what it's like as soon as work's actually done and you go i'll have a wee a wee glass of wine i'll have a wee beer and then you're at it and see by day five of it i got up the road to i get back to the flat and green up and, and saturday and literally i've slept for two days and i still feel rough that's brutal isn't it mine mine did last about three four days and i had a, a spell there it just i i took the whole of november off see what you're saying is Aye. it worth it the whole of november mate i was in the gym got to hot yoga i'm sleeping i'm drinking green tea i'm like <laughs> and it, it's kind of like seeing wilf of wall street where leonardo dicaprio is preparing his body i watched that last night did you the Aye, Aye. who did that interview oh no i interviewed them. Um, it is, the guy fit is on um, I think that's bollocks as well see what he's saying because he's like it does his thing and he's coming out of the helicopter steam and then he's like oh I've got a quick steam in the morning slaps his face and there's a glass of orange juice it I doesn't work pish. that way no I need, a, I need that, that Chinese a, a fucking half your chat with the Samaritans but do you think because you're in good shape do you know think it's, it's not, that's not just the only thing that affects like when you day have a hangover you day start eating shite again aye. aye mate that's I had to take I had to patch everything I had that week so I basically aye. had like 
the first 10 days of December uh-huh. were madness I was in London for right. a few days but you eat crap and then Aye. you don't make it to the gym and then you go back Aye. out and you eat crap and I actually looked at myself and I was like you look like a fat banger who's been on it for 10 days mate so just take yeah. a weekend off just take it as well and as well mate you'll know because I said you, you did tend to look after yourself and things, but it was like again I took like 3-4 weeks off it there just really got myself in shape because you're on these premiers you're very aware of these these um Photos are going to go all over the world and stuff, mm. but you're just you up in the morning, you just feel better about yourself. Right. I just felt like you're in shape, I felt fresh, and then a week on it there, and I just feel like I'm back to square one. Aye, you feel joy. I feel like as well, if for me anyway, because if it says a week of going to the gym, sleeping well, and eating well, and then all of a sudden your body's hit with all this poison, it's aye, like, yeah, f- first of all, my body's like, mate, what the fuck's this? <laughs> and two, after about like two, day two or day three, the hangover, aye. it's like, Sean. I know. Where's the serotonin? I, 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 I <laughs> like, can we get some dopamine in there? It's, it's, so I was just a week of cane in it, and then the, my weekend up it just consisted of, I think, literally about 30 chicken wings, mm. Domino's pizza, beef curry chips. And it's just like, so even the fact that you're not sober, which you're thinking you need, means Aye. I'm doing good. It's Aye. not you're just tanning cans of coke and iron brew. Tan and rubbish. Did you, did you know as well that when your body's process or your liver's processing alcohol, it lacks the, the capacity to process like fat and junk as well? So it's essentially just everything you eat, it's just holding on to it instead of processing it. Oh, mate, this is, we don't need to hear this right now. <laughs> <laughs> just right at Christmas as well. Me, honestly, I was about five days in, I'm like, take a Christmas tree down, I'm like, Santa dead. <laughs> <laughs> Santa's out like fuck Santa. I don't well, want it. Christmas is finished. But I'm mate, so we 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 tend to alternate where we say, but we're very lucky. Um, and, and I'm under no illusions how lucky me and my wife are to be able to have a home in Greenock where my parents are from, and have a home in Vegas where her are. So we alternate Christmases. And last year we had Christmas over here, and it's it's too easy to day stuff over here because all my pals in Greenock, everybody lives that close. It's just we'll nip out for a pint. Actually, when I go to Vegas. I go to Vegas for a break. Aye. I don't anybody I know where my wife's family are all um uh, like my my stepfather uh, my father in law they're, they're they're deacons you know they're all going up the church none of them drink so I get the odd time when pals come in at town and I'll go down to the strip but other than that my life there's so quiet and it's so I, I'm looking forward to get by the time I get back to there I just want to go off the drink and just chill out mm. whereas when I'm here there's just too much temptation. How funny is that? Like. Anybody would think Las Vegas party capital of the world, and you're going back there for a break for all the alkies here. Well, thing is as well, mate. Even when I'm here, like being a dad now, the wee man's getting up regardless if you're hungover or not. Oh, That's know. it. It's like never want to just like vodka in his bottle. No, like, <laughs> sleep a wee bit longer, probably mate. Be, no, probably put it in his machine. Sometimes I suck it through that. That would be a bad But it, it is a funny hang, and you start to think also though. You really start to realise with a hangover, you're not present. We we are when you um, he's wanting to talk to you. He's he's wanting to play. He's wanting to just have a normal day, and you're just in a heap, and you're just wanting to lie on the couch and all. Aye. And you start to really feel because those moments are precious, and I, and you start to think there's going to be a point in my life where he can't be bothered me. You know, mm. he's like he's going up and he just wants to be with his pals right now. He wants like you're his hero, and you're lying there, and that just goes through your head. I, I think that's something you start to feel new as well. It starts to feel quite a selfish thing. Um, because I said that like he just wants to get up and have a day, and I, and as well, man, he's in this thing new, I which I can't stand. But this is the way the world's going. These even my wee and man, it's YouTube videos. I used Aye. to love. I'd go right, wee man, Toy Story marathon. I'd be in my element, but now it's like 
these videos of toys getting washed and all that stupid how mental is that by the way that kids want to instead of playing with a toy they want to watch a toy being unboxed or opened but then the problem is as well mate if you are hanging you just go just do it because I was, I was the same I was one of them parents my wains aren't going to get on an iPad they're not doing that mm. but now it's just such an easy thing and that's I'm quite I don't like being stuck indoors like I need to be out so I think me and the wife's got quite a good balance at that but that she's quite happy in and playing with them. Whereas I'm like, we man, let's get to the park, let's go mm. to an aquarium, let's do something. I like being out and about. I feel I feel like I'm I'm being lazy if I'm just sitting inside. Can you do family stuff in Vegas? Aye, easy, mate. Does it get everything? Is oh, it fr- tons, and also is it freezing? I remember we were talking was yeah. it last this time last year maybe we were talking and you I was saying no, oh, it, Vegas and winter. It's a dead well, when the sun's I mean, come and walking for twenty feet of the Slipping in Mars twice, just walking through a door here. I know for that for the bit past to be seen past Costa. So that this is like ice freezing. Like it's not the same, but it is cold at night. But when the sun's out, it's lovely, and then you get the odd day where it's just gorgeous. But it's like I said, neighbour. I mean, we spend the majority of our time here, and like weirdly, like my wife loves the rain because she grew up in desert. It, it rain drives me up because you can't get in. And then if you want to go indoors somewhere, it's fucking rammed <laughs> whereas over in Vegas it's big wide open spaces and it's dry every day which isn't a good thing to be honest in terms mm. of they need the water but you just go you know you can go at the park and, and play and it'll be fine that is the biggest killer I, I would take minus temperatures or even take wind if I could just guarantee yeah, it'd be dry, so dry. That's it. kills me uh, I meant to ask actually as well about the rig what was that did you film that in Leith in the studio in Leith in the studio in Leith aye how mental was that well, we all, we all think when you read the script, you kind of go, does that excited bit? You're going, you want to get on an oil rig, but we were in, it was still in COVID restrictions, Aye. so we couldn't travel. So, but then there's a freedom that comes with that because obviously there's a ton of special effects, but then you've got these crane shots that can come in around the rig and they can set up all these amazing mm. uh, shots, which would probably be done in drones, which aren't as accurate. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I loved it. I love, I mean, again, maybe this is something we're getting older. I love Edinburgh. So, I mean, I love Edinburgh as well. See that snidiness of like slagging their accent, uh, which is, I mean, their accent's uh, terrible. <laughs> I'm joking, by the way, for any Edinburgh pals listening. But I, I used to slaughter Edinburgh. The older I get, I absolutely love it. So I walk, I walk about even like the old town uh, or up at Calton Hill, and you're just like, fucking hell, this is actually mental. The history of this place. Do you think as well? I start in some ways. I t- it's a horrible thing. See, I start to prefer it because uh, like we grew up. I mean, West Coast boys, Glasgow's the sort of epicenter for us all, but Aye. I think there's a very, I'd say it's a, there's a Glaswegian, Scouse, Mank, and a Cockney hang where part-wise it's just fucking relentless. That is funny, but it's fucking exhausting after a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just do it and everybody's just going, oh, wee man, that's shit, that's great. And you're like, it's funny when, but sometimes you're like, I just want to sit and have a nice us. conversation. And where it a bit... It's a great thing growing up in that with your pals, but it can. When you got up there, and we all call them, we all say they're all fucking posh and hangy and a bit up themselves, but they're kind of probably a bit more confident in themselves. Mm. Like they're not as they're not as worried about not being like they're not as worried about what we think about. Whereas we all go, we're off at fucking Glasgow, we're on West Coast, so fucking get it up, you. you I know. know. I there's there's a whole centralised, localised thing where we're in this wee bubble here, and if, it's as if everything revolves in here. And yeah. you jump in a train, you're there what forty minutes, and then every time I got off a train, I'm reminded like this is a major it's, European it's city. Cap- most in terms, of it's fucking most gorgeous capital you ever seen. Do you know Edinburgh's got more listed protected buildings than Rome? 
Jesus, that's that. quite mental. Bit of trivia Aye, right there mate, for the boy McDonald's. I've, mate, I've got all sorts. If I can interest you in another <laughs> wee ra- random mental <laughs> fact, do you know that Cleopatra was alive closer to the advent of the iPhone than she was I the pyramids? I did read that the other day. So where did you lift that? I've, I can't remember. I, I, I've known I that for ages, I, mate. I've always got up my sleeve. The first pharaohs. So all that stuff fascinates me. I watch a lot of that stuff, but there is that like just the vastness of time that they had compared to what we see as the modern civilization is, is wild. But Edinburgh's Edinburgh, have you ever done the uh, the underground vaults or Mary King's Close? I've done the vaults. I think aye. So I've done. I, did, I still think I did this thing when we did Scottish Fling, which at that aye, Beltane yeah. festival, I had no idea, and I feel quite ashamed that I didn't know that existed. And you're up Calton Hill, and thousands of people, and these fire shows, and these acrobats, and all this wild pagan sort of festival and I'm like how I was like I'd have loved this as a boy why did I, I never know. come up because probably for the same reason as me you're either boozing in a park or you then you think Royal Exchange Square is that's I as far as the world goes Rose Street for a pub crawl that's <laughs> it. on a Saturday night um, no no I think I'll, I'll let you get your side of the story in first but you and Gordon obviously and he'll come in and he can right. give he can chime in with his input you and him are obviously really close pals how did you actually first become pals How'd you first meet? He will be raging about this. Um, we we first met. Look, I heard. I, I saw this sign, and I, we kind of laugh about this. But I, I didn't even know Gordon was Scottish for a start because I I had this thing. I remember I had um I've had problems with my ears over the years, and um, and there was at that point in my life it was particularly it was going bad, and I ended up having to get an operation on it. But they they didn't even know what was wrong. I just and I kept getting vertigo and stuff. I remember walking to Greenock Health Centre and it was one of them frustrating things my doctor's like, oh, there's nothing wrong with you, son. And you're like, there's <laughs> something wrong. And I walked to Greenock Health Centre and it was pissing with rain. And it was this massive billboard with this utter prick lying on a bed of VIP fucking passes <laughs> with his hands behind his head and it said, the most connected man in Britain. Oh, and no. And I was like, I've never hated anybody right in my life. I was like, oh. And then I got down to London and there was a there was like a six aside tournament kind of thing, like at the celebrity sixes. Aye, aye. And we we put him out. He and he had like Don Hutchinson that in his team. But what they done? We you could get to pick one pro, and we picked uh, Neville Southall. So you put the big man in them goals. We won every game one 0 By the way, what I got one underrated. I don't know if he's an underrated oh, goalkeeper. No, I think just from people, legend. unbelievable. But we couldn't hit, and they and they. And I, I was playing for Baby Shambles, and nobody for Baby Shambles turned up. So we were just a team of ringers, so everybody hating us, including Gordon and that. Um, but then we just started talking. I was like, I didn't know you were Scottish, mate. And I went, aye, aye, he said, I'm following your career. And then, honestly, Gordon, as you know yourself, he just kind of got your back. If he sees aye. something in you, if he thinks you're all right and you've got a bit of talent, whether that be actor, presenter, musician, it will do anything for you. And literally within weeks, he's like, well, who do you know doing here? Who do you want to... How can I help you? And I've I've been forever grateful for him that since. But I mean, he literally put a roof over my head at one point. Mm. And I was staying at his house, and he was just he he's genuinely a very supportive guy. Aye, I find that as well. If he sees a wee bit of something, and he'll back you. Yeah. Um, although I mean, some of the worst trouble I've got into has been hanging about with him Aye. as well. Oh mate, he's missed. He has mischief, and the thing is, he always he'll put it on you and he'll put it on me. Aye, yeah. I know. But he's always there with you. You know, and he's all, he always feels but, as if he's picking up the pieces. But he says picking up the pieces, but he's also the one in your ear going like, I did it. Yeah, no, but we did, <laughs> so we did a hang the other day. Um, so we've been trying to do this festival together, right? Aye. And um, I, I was, and he knows what I was like, and it was in Vegas, and I was lying, I was steaming, and it was, and I was like, look, I'm listening to Cartinas. I think the Cartinas would be great for your festival. Um, have you got Liam Frey's number? 
a lead sign. And now he should have just went, wee man, you're steaming. Joe directs me, no, this is a great idea. <laughs> And that way you wake up the next morning and I've wrote this fucking massive message to Liam Frey um, and he just goes back to me going like eh, he's like I bet you've got the fear of day wee man I was like you utter prick why did you give me that number and he says I know what you're like and luckily mate, I've been sitting for the last two weeks I think that's been just going over that my head going Hell, I love I love the Cortinas and then thankfully the other night after that week I got back with the fear and I was like I, you know what with your phone's going your phone's going I was like I just need a night off everybody and I just left it there when you look at it and then I just saw it pop up my phone Liam Frey voice note and I was like oh no and I phoned my wife and I was like that guy got back and I was like I can't look at it I was like I don't the shape I'm in and then just a wee guitar intro and he just sang his favorite, my favourite song no on way. the phone and honestly mate I was like my, my heart can sing and then he was just like mate it really made me laugh sorry didn't get back to you he says you know what it's like hanging up but all the best and I was like that's all I want to do to that hero just just uh, honestly I'll be, uh, that really fucking made my week I've got something similar um, for a story I don't, I've never I have never told this because um, and the reason I've remembered it is because Gordon told the story I'll let him tell it about uh, with you and Paolo in his flat Paolo Natini but were you saying that about the Liam Frey so mine was I always said if I ever bumped into Paolo I'm like I don't want anything for him don't want to be his Aye. pal don't want a picture I don't even want to so much as talk to him Aye. longer than five minutes I just want to tell him that Candy is the greatest song Aye. ever written and how much I love it and what it makes me Aye. feel when I hear it that's all I want to say and I never got my chance right so I'd been out I think, right, I'm trying so this was January 2013 and, uh, and I'll explain how I remember that but January 2013 I've been in the Corinthian remember it used to be open to 6 in the aye, morning aye. steaming and I'm back at my pal's flat the next day we're going out again Sunday night and it's that way you know you're sitting on your phone and you're laughing about the night before and I'm looking at my phone and I'm scrolling down Facebook it was and I says to him no way and the two of us are kind of on one couch and he's in the other two of us are lying down and I says no way and he went what is it and I said fucking Paolo was in the Corinthian last night and he went yep and and I said, fuck, it's annoying, man. I could have fucking told him. And he went, he shot up, right? And he's like, are you fucking winding me up? And I was like, what? And he went, are you winding me up? Are you bamming me up? You don't remember speaking to him? And I was like, so, no, I, started, mate, so, no. <laughs> so I started speaking out and I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And he said, so for anybody that knows the Corinthian in, in uh, Ingram Street, you you go to, you first walk in the door and to get down the stairs, you kind of go uh, to the toilet, you go down the stairs to the right. And then you get to the bottom of the stairs and it's a big long corridor. So my pal says, we're walking out the toilets. And just as we've walked out the door, Paolo's walked down the stairs. And then he said, I've just clocked him. And then I've looked at my pal. I'm getting the fear <laughs> here in this <laughs> I've looked at my pal and he's he's went, sort of whispered like with sadness in his eyes almost and went, no, don't. 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 I've fucking sprinted for him, right? Ran up and he says he's freaking out and he's like, oh no, what the fuck's going to happen here? Pretty much got him in a fucking headlock. And I'm you like, love a headlock? I know. Hey. So I was like, mate, mate. And then he's like, so I've gone, mate, I just want to tell you. But then he said, I've redeemed myself. He said, oh, I've, I've said to him, look, I just want to tell you, love candy, best song ever, amazing. At this point, he's pure hugging me back. Aye. Now that's what I'm most gutted aye, about aye. that I can't remember this oh, fucking... I mean, he is a top lad. I this embrace. Aye. But I just was like, said I said what I wanted to say aye. and then that was it. So then, literally just went, right mate, have a good night. And he said that at this point, he's kind of thought as if 
this is a slightly unusual interaction. Usually people are wanting Aye. pictures and all this. So then he's come back and he's like, oh, thanks very much, mate. Really, really appreciate that. And then we're up the stairs and he said, we shared a couple of wee known glances at each other as if, for hero, and he said that was kind of it. And he went, To be honest, you played it well. Oh, he's played like, it very well. He's like, It's a shame you can't remember ah, it. Mate, two weeks later, Celtic are playing Juventus in the last 16 of the Champions League. Remember, we had them in 2013, Aye. they beat us 3 0. And I've had to go and pick up my ticket for the front door. So my pal, who was sorting my ticket, was like, Wait here, I'll go and get it. She says, Just stand in the front bit of Celtic Aye. Park. Bridges walks in, and Rod Stewart walks in, and then Paolo walks in. And he's kind of across the things for me, so I'm like, fuck, like, no way. Uh, and it, just at that point, and it's not even, I'm not even, this isn't like just me imagining it. Aye. There was just that glance where he's like, I fucking know your face for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, should I say something? Should aye. I say something? And then I just kind of left it. No, you got to let it, it's, it's, just let it go. Let it go. Oh, but but mate, I had, had my wee moment. Ah, you got it. You, surely you've got to come, you've not came across him since again. No, but he's pal, he's pals, he's loads of pals. I mean, I, I mean, I was at his after party. Ah, he's a top, and, he's uh, a top he's a good, After transmit. Really nice family, really nice. I mean, and what a fucking talented boy. Oh, unbelievable. Um, I, so I, I think he's genuinely the greatest Scottish musician of all time already. It'd be, I, it'd be up there. Like, I mean, very, uh, actually, I think we're, re- we're really, we're really lucky we've got, but I mean, in terms of the quality of albums, Aye. like, it, that's, I remember being at um, I, I was I think it was Richard Madden's uh, Halloween party and sitting with him. And this was a couple of years ago. And then so I got this album like a bit of his newest one, and he had it in his phone for years. And I think it was just he, he I think because he's got the quality of what he writes and he's kind of done well for himself. He doesn't feel the need to be out touring. He can take his time and. Aye. But he he's a top top boy. Like I really I've got all the time for him, and he's he's still got a close he's close knit bunch of pals around. Mm. You know what I mean? He's um, but he he hasn't changed at all. He old because like I mean, seeing the paper once, like this is maybe about six months ago, or maybe a year ago. Paul and Tini pops into Harvey's bar in Paisley, wherever the fuck that okay. is, singing karaoke. Mate, I've I've no reason to be in Paisley, and I'm like, fuck. Why was I, I not? In, you know <laughs> why was I not in Harvey? Now I'm going to end up hanging out this pub. He, he disappears on these mad sort of voyages, like across the world, but he always pop up somewhere random. I know him. what a guy. But for, for, for 2006, that's when these Aye. streets came out. Actually, two years before that, Aye. when I started my standard grades Aye. and we're meeting our business management teacher and we're talking Aye. about music and all that. And she's Aye. like, Oh, my pal's, uh, my son's pal Aye. is a really good musician, Paul and Etini. And we're like, Right, no bother. And then two years later, last request comes out. And I was like, That's that fucking oh, that's that guy you were talking well, about. Um, so we're talking about my, my, our, our pal, Ella Falk, Kyle. She does what. There's a view cover of Rewind, which is is one of oh, my really? one of my favourite covers because it's a lot more. It's weirdly a lot more a lot more upbeat. Aye, uh, it's one of the best covers you'll ever hear. See, talking about Kyle Faulkner doing covers, so I was saying he was singing at that Tenants thing. I was it, and uh, he's like, "Is anybody getting any requests?" And I said, "I sing, uh, gonna sing What's Love." Got to Aye. do it because. And he went like, no, too, I, I, I don't want to sing it. And he, he knocked me back, so I was like, oh, fuck's sake. But um, he, I had said to him, so I interviewed Graham Lyle, and I'm, it's kind of family friend, Aye. and he wrote What's Love Got To Do With It. Mm-hmm. So I played Kyle's cover of that in his house, and he said, that's a bit, he said, I've heard yeah, hundreds right. of covers, and he went, that's the best one that I've ever heard. Did you mean know that? I told him that, right? And then I went like, and I said, uh, I said, he said, you sound like Jarvis Cock. And I went, ah, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I walked out and I was like, yeah. I, I said, as I was telling you, bear in mind, but I had about nine pints of tenants in me. So yeah. I think he just wasn't taking me seriously. Yeah. And I was like, I'm fucking telling yeah. you, he said that. He, um, I mean, he's, he, the, the wee guy, 
he wrote he was supposed to sing us I'll, I'll I'm not it's a quite a, a sore ended up a, a, an event for the wee man which I think was in the paper stuff but because Kyle was supposed to sing us down the aisle oh was he um, and he, he didn't make it that day for he was otherwise engaged um, <laughs> but he wrote this song um, I think he wrote it when he was 15 called I Love You and it's like pre-view and it's the most gorgeous we love fucking pop song you'll mm. ever hear and I'm like and it's the innocence of it like and I was, I was a 15 year old kid writing that in his bedroom you know what mm. I mean you can hear the the, the the track and everything turning and he I honestly think he is such a talent that boy I think so as well he's uh, but although I remember I remember the first time I ever seen them uh, it would have been on Soccer AM just Aye. as the same jeans had come out and Aye. I was like is he Russian <laughs> <laughs> I was like where is she from Aye. I mean Dundonian is a whole different Aye. level of I accent I was supposed to play I did I call Traces sitting in Dundee and as usual but it was English producers and they were spot on but they were like look we want it to be really authentic um, so we want you to do a Dundee accent Martin and I was like really and I went they went yeah and I went because well, if I'm going to do a Dundee accent I'm going to do a Dundee accent and I went okay and I played them a voice note of Kyle that had sent me and they just went <laughs> oh, maybe we'll leave that well, can I go more Edinburgh can I hang on I thought something, so something more neutral see if um, I wanted to ask you this for a while it's one of the I, I hate these sort of formulated or formulate questions like uh I don't know if you could have any dream role what would it be yeah. it's very fucking much Q&A in it but Aye. see if there was an actor you could work with just say eh, you could work because you've worked with some amazing people like Stephen Graham but if there was, if you could wave a magic wand and there would be somebody well, see that's a, a good way of saying it. see if you had the magic wand Aye. I'd have been Robin Williams right because I heard so many like I, I, I loved them growing up I mm. just I mean and Goodwill Hunting is one of my favourite films and, he, and he's unbelievable in that but just to be in his company, and I, I have met a load of boys who he did a, a random film in Scotland like I, decades ago. Gavin Mitchell, Gavin and I, and the stories you hear from, and there used to be this uh, one of the the Highland Games that Billy Connolly up at Billy Connolly's house, nice big mansion, and there would be Robin Williams, Eric Idle, Billy Connolly, Judy. And they all used to hang out for this weekend, and I was like, I'd have loved to have just to be in that company, just sit with your mouth shut and just listen. I think. If I could have had one, I would have loved to have done something with him. And I did a, I did a job called a guy to recognise in your saints. And the director of that worked with him soon after. And they went, and I was talking to him about during that, and he said, "I, he's everything. He's everything you'd hope he would have been." The, 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 I feel like the biggest, biggest stars are always that. It's always mm-hmm. you now you hear somebody's an asshole, and you're like, "You're a fucking, you're in the deal, isn't it?" It is me. That's what it is. But it's uh, I find with that as you get older, it used to annoy me. But you see, the bigger stars have got nothing to prove to anybody, Aye. so they're not. With a lot of the kind of the middle ones who are the arseholes, it's because they're self conscious and and they feel they're not as good as certain people are hanging and it's there they're just projecting their own fe- own fears onto other people around them. Ah, that's true. I mean, you mentioned Billy Connolly. That's to me, I think he's the king of undisputed. Well, him and Sir Alex, the two kings of Scotland. I would, I would put say, them in equal footing. Aye, I, w- I would say I think um, I'd say the big one is is just because I don't think you've got anybody else so universally loved. Is that oh, him? Here we go, there's Gordon Smart coming in. Yeah, look. Where the, where the <laughs> fuck have you been? For sake. <laughs> We're recording, son, get right, on. Good. Right, what do you want? I thought you said it was Martin Kaiser. It was coming. Hey! <laughs> so, uh, yes, son. Uh, yes, son. Right. Yeah, early as ever. Come on, Sean. That's, that's his gizog. Hey, yes, son. The two best smelling men in Glasgow. So, what, cool. so please, um, please tell us the excuses. Fuck it, what do you want to know? Scott Train Rail? strikes. Look, Failing government. So the other day, I even we, told you I was going to be half an hour late. No, I know, but I said because you <clears> you started to get in this habit, and you're texting me 
like five hours before we're there saying I'm going to be late and I'm like well it's five hours ahead so how can how you can not you right okay so I left the house you're alright on mic guys I'm okay, okay, I'm okay, okay. Right, I am we'll have a little listen one second let's, let's do a wee test this one, is all staying in by the way I can't hear a sausage there mate nothing nothing, oh. nothing 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 there we go I can hear myself a little bit louder please thank you very much thank you very much thank you very much and you get that as well that's the other point he loves listening to himself <laughs> like he actually likes to hear his own voice he'd love to sound like this wouldn't you <laughs> He has got an annoyingly good So I left the house at quarter past one and it's half past four. What does that tell you about Scott? That's not my fault. It tells me that you should have left at 11 o'clock. I think your your country estate is far (laughs) too remote. (laughs) (laughs) It took me ages to get the moat defrosted this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm I'm seriously going, I mean, because we know we kind of give much away. This new wonder job, you cannot be late. I won't be late because there'll be somebody to make sure I'm there on time. Oh, you're getting a wee car, are you? Oh, of course, my oh, darling. Hello. I'm moving into I'm moving into Compton land. Doing <laughs> <laughs> somebody dresses you, somebody polishes your teeth. I'll tell you this right now. So I so I've got I had a full week of press and junkets last week. I've got one today, and my last one as well as tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I literally pulled it so all your clays are pre-packed and mm-hmm. ironed and all that. And I went, the "Fuck, am I going to do on Wednesday?" Like <laughs> 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 you start to admit, you fall into that so quickly Aye. of going like. I'm now used because it's only been a week, but I'm like I'm used to somebody dropping my clays off. I've heard you talking about that before, but saying when do you know? I think it was with our mutual pal Graham Hunter when you said the thing, and you said that. You, they'll fly you in a private jet and somebody stands over you'll be a brawly and you Aye. start to think I'm the most important guy ever and it's like no it's oh, just this is necessary but I've told you that's the biggest lesson I ever had was wear a private jet I am um, I was doing a film I, I did a film with Sam Worthington and we had to do a load of reshoots but I was in Belfast filming Line of Duty at the time and I think and I, had, I was best man at a wedding at the weekend in Scotland so they had so I was filming like say 6 in the morning till 6 at night in Belfast and then I had to be at a wedding on the Saturday and they said look we need you like that we need to reshoot the ending and this is the only time we do it and in Hungary and I went well look I'm, I can't get out of this film and says no we'll get your private jet we'll get your private jet you'll leave there at six straight to the airport sitting there uh, get to the airport there's two private jets waiting one for me one for Sergio Garcia no way and I'm sitting there trying to ask like fuck what they like Sergio they're taking their time <laughs> <laughs> so get on the private jet I'm fucking like buzzing but I had to I mean it was a rough night shoot so it was literally all through the night in this cave in fucking outside Budapest so I've not slept for 24 hours and then I had to get back to Scotland to be be uh, in the wedding party at this wedding so you're getting back like fuck you know what we got it done brilliant guys hugs now on your way and we're going back to the airport and we drive past the private jet entrance. And I was like, what the? And I was like that to the guy, excuse me, in there. And he went, no, 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 speak English, no speak English. So I'm like, no, I'm, I'm in I'm in there. I'm going back. I went, no, no, no. Get to the airport. And somebody handed me three tickets. So it was Hungary to fucking Hamburg, Hamburg to fucking Paris to Glasgow <laughs> or like economy. And I was like, what's going on? And the job's finished. So all their phones are off. <laughs> You could not go. I, I couldn't get a hold of anybody, and they don't care. They've, they've got what they need. But I just didn't think. I just thought I'll be straight back in a private jet in the morning. So that was a kick up the arse. And that, but that's what it's like. They treat you like a fucking king and queen while they have Aye. you. But as soon as that finishes, mm-hmm. no, it's on your on yeah, your way, son. You got your tiny violin out there, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I've heard that story so many times. I feel like I've been on that fucking Ryanair flight. <laughs> <laughs> 
Spider Man. Stop asking me about it. <laughs> See, before you came in, never were talking about Billy Connolly Aye. and saying just the undisputed king of Scotland. What was the story? What were you going to say? But I want to hear Gordon cool. if you've got any Aye. encounters with him as well. I quote, it was lovely because I think I'd, I'd, some people had kind of they try to force you in to meet. See when you're like kind of half famous and I think, mm-hmm. but nobody's as famous. And it's usually at functions, and I don't like bothering people, especially with somebody time who's got everybody. Because somebody go, oh, this is this wee guy. It's got the thing. This is this wee girl who's got an album out. So I kind of keep my distance. But I was with my mum one time, and my mum's got this terrible habit of shutting her eyes during photos. Like she blinks, and she's got one with Billy Connolly. She got one with you and McGregor. I think she's got one with Alan Rick. Like all these famous people with her eyes shut. <laughs> But I just, that's what I did. I said, picture, thank you on my way. And then a couple of years later, I'd done In Plain Sight about Peter Manuel. Aye. And you forget, Billy Connolly was growing up during all that time. And so I got a tap on the shoulder. I was at Celtic Park and says, Billy wants to have a word with you, if that's all right. And I'm like, Shane, he was like, oh, I heard you playing the part. And, he, and then he started telling me his stories. And then you got a, a bit of rapport and we Aye. had a chat. And he said, and he, I was just saying, oh, look, and I just want to say thank you. You were very kind. You, you got a picture with my mum, but she's gutted. She's got, like, she blinked during it. And he's like, get your phone out. And he says, shut your eyes. So, and then me and him blinked at the photo oh, and brilliant. sent it back to my mum. And it was lovely as well because, you know, he's, he's at that point, I think, uh, you know, his Parkinson's was kicking in a bit. But it's, mm. it's funny, you can see the, the physical, but he's, his mind is still sharp as anything. Um, I, I, he, walk, he walked past me, I was driving up. It was a day after the Glasgow Art School event. Did you get in the headlock? <laughs> 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 right, I, I, I got Paolo in a headlock in the Corinthian in 2013. Not he responded very well. Do you know what was you at start? At least he's at a reasonable height this time. <laughs> I know, I know. We were, do you know the other I one? I know the data oh. one, right. Because we were saying that, that every bad thing we've ever done or it never happens aye alright you're there to pick up the pieces but it's always you that instigates it in the first yeah. place <laughs> oh, you are a wee shit you start the, the fire off you go <laughs> it does happen like that doesn't you got it? any Billy stories do you know what I've never ever met him and I don't want to meet him because I think I hold him in such high esteem that yeah, I, I know what you mean and he despise everything that I've done in my life and I'd hate that kind of aye. idea of going this is who I am and this is what I do he'd just be like he just I wouldn't want that and I just I enjoy everything he's done to the extent where it could only spoil what where I hold them in, in mm. that kind of esteem. Because we had what we had one night, we had a late night in your house, and I didn't know he hadn't heard the crucifixion story. No way. And I, I never forget. I felt I ruined it for you because I put it on and just stared at your face. <laughs> going, <laughs> going, <laughs> the reaction you were just like staring at me, going, "You're uh, fucking wee weirdo." Because I've watched so much of him, I'd never heard that that one particular thing. So yeah. good, man. I, I, I think that's his best routine no, he's ever. Brilliant, we isn't were, he's brilliant. We were discussing because I was saying about well, now that you're here, we'll be able to talk about the podcast. And, <laughs> I love it. Now and, that you're here, and, <laughs> and, and, and its origins. But I did say I was like, "Well, Gordon can give his side of the story about my." What's your side of the story? How you first met, and he explained when he first became aware of you, and it was the billboard, the most connected oh, man. God. Was it the most connected most man? Most connected in man in Britain. You know, oh. I've been trying to get that, find those original pictures because they were so bad. I, I, you know, when it's like sometimes early on when you're doing stuff, you don't have the confidence to say, "Nah, I'm not doing that." And um, I remember the photographer. It was a really bad little spell for me because the first thing I did was a photo shoot for the paper with your byline pictures, and he was a page three photographer. <laughs> so he, he, I was like, well, do you want me doing these pictures? And he went, why don't you play with your wedding ring? And I was like, right, okay. I got, but do you remember that terrible picture? I think yeah. I do. And I, also, I used to read Bizarre. That's oh, how I learned. Like first that. learned to, first learned to Las Vegas was. Aye. It was such a bad oh, picture. Yeah. And they also got a load of clothes in for me. But they there wasn't a stylist, so it was just somebody who worked on page three. <laughs> so they put me in, I had a pink tie and a light grey jacket and a pair of grey jeans. 
nothing I would ever choose to wear myself. And I remember they blow dried my hair, right? So I had like yeah. this mad, and I didn't have the confidence to say, I really don't feel comfortable. And I remember getting on the train the next day uh, into London Bridge, walking across the Wapping. But when I was on the train, there was a guy, and on the front page it said, introducing the new Prime Minister of Show Business. Because <laughs> oh, no. Gordon Brown, I think, must have been, nah, be, yeah. anyway, it was like, he's named Gordon, he's the Prime Minister of Showbiz. Introducing, it was on the front page, and I remember seeing this guy going, What a prick! <laughs> or, what, or a cockney uh, guy, What a wanker! And I was like, Oh man, that's murder! But it was so weird because you gotta remember, everybody on the train at that time, aye, 2006, aye. everybody had the newspaper, and it was weird that day getting on when everyone had it. Did you ever write about Martin before you knew him? Or uh, you probably, yeah, yeah, probably. I remember a guy's in Scotland, the editor in Scotland, saying, Do you know this wee guy, Compston? And I was like, No, but I really liked Sweet yeah. 16. And they, they all, you were lucky because they liked you. Mm. Oh, thank so you'd, you'd always <laughs> you'd always play the you know you'd, you'd you know you talk about playing yeah, the game, but game you'd always got on with I, them. I always find this was going like journalists have always been sound so to me, you. and Aye. I've been I've been because I think I've been sound with them. But Aye. I obviously know there's a line Aye. and they've got to do their job. But but also especially like see with my I was talking to somebody about this the other day like with my with the wee one and stuff. I feel there has been the odd time it's been crossed, but see because I don't talk about them in, in really private detail Aye. and I don't post pictures of them. And you can tell they know that's it. They can Aye. talk in general terms, which again, it shouldn't be up to. Like, if you want to post pictures of a kid, that's uh, it's your kid. You do what you want, and it shouldn't then. Um, that shouldn't then mean that there's a line that can be crossed. So it still should be. It kind of in the world we live in, it does. Mm-hmm. Like if it's uh, mad to see it from your point of view as well, and I totally understand what it's like. But also because of Kate's dad. Like we've been going out since what 1997, mm-hmm. and I remember like he would still now fight somebody on the driveway over a, a match report saying bad stuff about Livingston in the cup. Uh, yeah. uh, he's that he's that angry about things that were written about him, and also like the the personal stuff as well. Like when Kate's mum died, there was a photographer at the funeral. Yeah. So when somebody says you don't know what it's like, well, you actually, you know, I mean, I know it's on a slightly different scale uh, and all that, but it wasn't nice when you're. Your no. wife and dad are at their most vulnerable, and there's a, a, a photographer no. there. You're thinking the, that Alex Ferguson might be there or something. You know, the thing it gets me now, and Sean, you'll know more more than us. It's it's just it, it's a clickbait headlines. But the problem is, it's all lifted for podcasts. When if you actually listen to the and even see most articles that get written about me, see when you I read them, I'm like, that's pretty fair. It's the headlines. Aye. I know the headlines always miserable. Listen, but I keep feel like I keep going back, going and messaging former colleagues, going, "Come on, you know, Martin doesn't have a serious health issue." Ninety four percent of the population have astigmatism in their eyes. Aye. The journalists also then make the point of, "Well, I don't write the headlines." It's like, "Well, you fucking know the guy who does, though." So going, "Do you know what I mean?" And if it's attributed yeah. to you, go and say something. So actually, that's a good point, Gordon. Like, how how much day you have have saying that? Because it is. I know it's not. But if I'll say if most articles I don't any newspaper thing mm. that's pissed me off, it's been the headline. Aye, I know. It's, well, there's a great explanation of it. There was a a brilliant story about the Conservative government in the early eighties going to war with the Falklands, right? Mm. And there was this brilliant thing about the foreign minister just didn't see it coming, and the politics behind it's quite interesting in the Falklands. Anyway, mm. he could have blamed four or five people that worked for him for this massive mistake that ended up a British serviceman dying and all the rest of it. And he went, you know what? Actually, I'm the boss. I'm resp- I might not be to blame. Aye. But I'm responsible, and because I'm responsible, I'm going to resign. I'm going to follow my sword. And I think it's a brilliant lesson because there's a point in newspapers where you can say it's the boss's decision, or Rupert mm. Murdoch decides mm. the politics of the paper. Mm. But ultimately, you become the one 
who has to change those. So you cannot blame people. And I always thought it was a great thing if there's a massive fuck up, right? And you're looking around thinking, I know whose fault this is. But if you go, do you know what? I'm taking responsibility for this. It does help build build some strength amongst yeah, you. Yeah. But also like the amount of times I lost my shit because a headline had been put on something I'd written and you become the yeah, focal the point to blame. Guy. And it's a horrible feeling, but the other side of it, right? I've been there in the office at nine o'clock when everything's going to shit and somebody put a headline on something and it's difficult to change stuff, you know? Yeah. And it, this sounds ridiculous, but sometimes, particularly in tabloid papers, it has to fit a space. Mm. So, you know, it's that you'll find with a, you know, when you had your wee one, there are certain words that fit a headline like taught. Mm. Whoever calls a baby a tot. Oh, mate, I'm, you know, I'm you used, to, used to get really wound up about this. And it's stuff like Glasgow's leafy West End, right? <laughs> when the fuck has him never said that? Or aye. he was at a local eatery. Or like aye. all these things, bonking. Like, who the aye, fuck's aye. using these Romping. words? Romping. When else do you romp? I don't think they'd realise, like I've, I've, I've it's ruined a, um, a relationship. I had a really good relationship with a, a Scottish newspaper I haven't spoken to because <clears> I mind the headline... The headline said, I'm a dad, and then a picture of me as if I'd announced it. I we were actually yeah. having, you know, it's for my wife to talk about when, when the time's right, but we were having a rough time and we were not ready to talk Aye. about it. And um, all of a sudden, you've got people on the street coming up, oh, wee man, I saw you said you're a, a dad in the paper, and you're like, yeah. I can't be handling this right now. So it's, I you know, find that really hard, you know, when, when the phone rings and you say, and you, if, if they'd have called me and said, I said, look, guys, there's not the time. Huh? Nay, nay warning. There's no warning. There's no... I, know, I know, it's horrible. And I, I've got one going on at the moment with somebody you both know that I can't say the yeah. details of. And I know that's really annoying to yeah. listen to. But to give you the idea behind the story, there's a court case coming up which couldn't be more sensitive about somebody's personal life. And every day he's living in fear of how that will be reported. Mm. And he's done, in my opinion, yeah. he's not done anything wrong. Yeah. And there are restrictions on what can be reported. Aye. So he's phoning me saying, what do you think I can do? Can I handle it? How do I do that? How do I deal with this? And it's really tricky because mm. because you're of a certain level and um, you've got a certain profile, there's always going to be some interest mm. in that. And when the other parties involved want to make mischief, they're going to make mischief. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's that difference between damage limitation, crisis management, um, and prevention, right? Yeah. You know, there's a way of all those three things working in your life. Yeah, yeah. And my, my attitude always is, and it goes back to Jimmy Nez, but, you know, don't take drugs and don't shy cookers, you won't end up on the front page. <laughs> <laughs> That's good that advice, isn't it? Great. <laughs> <laughs> I remember tap dancing around Jimmy one night. I was like, Jimmy, oh, no. and he was like, Listen, Gordon, I know how it works. Aye. This is how you end up on the front page of the paper. That's very true. Okay. I, I mean, I... <laughs> or just don't get caught. Not that I would. That would... <laughs> Sean <laughs> McDonald, twenty twenty two December. Have you, if you, Gordon, have you had anybody come to you going absolutely at, like apoplectic with rage at something that you've written? You oh, must God, have done. Yeah, thousands like, of any times. you'll share. Yeah, thousands of times. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are so many, I don't even know where to start, actually, Sean, because, um, you know, the the worst ones when it's um, something that you realise is completely wrong mm. and somebody's angry at you for a reason, right? Mm. Um, I don't know if... I'm trying to think if it's safe to share half of this stuff, but mm. when I was editor at the Scottish Sun, I got a phone call at six o'clock in the morning and I actually said to Kate, today's the day I'm going to lose my job. And getting that phone call was just the most horrible feel to survive so long right when every day something you publish could put you in jail mm. and I think people are more aware of this now because they make a decision to publish on Facebook every day right so Aye. you decide to stick an opinion on there that's fairly controversial 
often laws are broken, right? About defamation or you know slander, really dangerous like stuff. Prejudice in court cases. I, not yeah, that. I see it every day. You know, people offering an opinion on a particular footballer who may or may not have done something. Well, you can't say that. Mm. And I think people are more aware of that now, but when it's happening for real, in real time, and what I always found is the stuff you didn't expect. So you wake up in the morning and somebody, well, that thing on page 19 is going to lead to murders. And I was like, what thing on page 19? Page one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, they were all fine. Oh man, yeah, right, okay. And I, like, I always worked with brilliant people who were good at placating a situation or making making things calm down. But when you're on the other side of it, like for instance, I can remember a guy I worked with who wrongly identified a paedophile on page one. And apparently he'd had 21 people confirm this guy's identity. But it was, and I've got to be careful how I say this, but it was a really common name. So for example, a David Smith, that's yeah. not the real name, yeah. but that yeah. name. So if you show a picture of something, was that David Smith? You go, ah, it is David Smith. But it wasn't the right David Smith. So this guy ended up having his house burnt down. Jesus. And he got chased out of a town. Um, it wasn't the right guy. Yeah, it's just, you're ruining lives. It's, it's horrible. See you on horrible. that. Horrible. I, I was uh, down in Global last week mm-hmm. and interviewed one of the Capital presenters, mm-hmm. Lassie Meg McHugh, for, that's from up here. And uh, she's got a podcast and she interviewed her old pal for uni. Now, I'll, I'll save his name and stuff. We did talk about it in the original interview, which probably be out after mm-hmm. this one. But basically... Young guy from Hamilton and he shares the same name as a convicted paedophile who's roughly the same age. Yeah. And the digger, you know the digger, aye, the, aye. the crime magazine, have basically gone onto Facebook, searched for it, seen the town, and they found the, the, the wrong guy aye. and they've printed his his picture on the front page. Now that has almost tore the guy's aye. life to shreds and there was we had a whole conversation about it. And to be fair, the guy was quite funny because I heard him talking about it and he said, you know, not only did they print their own picture, he went, they gave an absolute nonce edit to my picture and they just like zoomed in in his face. They've got one with him wearing, I don't know if he's wearing glasses yeah. and a cardigan, typical nonce, uh, like <laughs> typical nonce attire. Sorry, I was like, boys. <laughs> I mean, and I think he got a very paltry like sort of compensation. Yeah. Wasn't well, it a, a retraction? And it's kind of gone away and I think for him, this guy's just like, well, do you know yeah. what? I'm happy with that because he was probably staring into this abyss. Mm-hmm. But it just shows like, I mean, the, I don't think that paper practices yeah. ethics and proper yeah. journalism, to be honest. Um, it's just but, happening on a personal level, isn't it? Because there's the sort of vigilante groups that are oh, yeah, paedophiles and I've got a couple of mates who are coppers and they're just saying that that is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when that mud sticks, if they've got yeah. it wrong, you can't... There's no way it. back for that, really, nah, personally. Because I think it's as well if you're tarnished with it in terms of so there's people still have a wee cloud in their head of, of maybe sort of thing. You know, know. you're really you're ruining people's lives. What's that? What, the other thing I always used to say to folk is I remember during the Levison inquiry, I worked out how many stories I would be or would have my name or I'd be responsible for, and it was something like twelve thousand stories a year. <sighs> right. So if you imagine you were successfully sued ten times in a year, which is probably more than would normally happen, mm. the odds are actually not that bad on yeah, accuracy yeah, yeah. but when I look at people on Facebook and you know I've obviously local stuff that I follow yeah. every day I'm like I should message them and say get that down what aye, are you doing aye, that's aye, out of line be careful um, even publish, publication of pictures like one, I remember once I published um, I think Robbie Williams had bought his mum a flat and I published a picture of the block of flats 
and that's a breach of the PCC at the time before mm. Ipso, um, because it was identification of property. Mm. And that didn't occur to me at the time because it was, I mean, we didn't give the exact address, but it's such an identifiable place. Yeah, yeah, we just basically told everybody where Bobby Wilder's mum was. But it was like, it was, and also it was a lot of money that he'd bought this for, and it was a really kind gesture, but in the madness of having to get a column out, newspaper stories, do interviews, run the desk, all that kind of stuff, it didn't occur to me in and the next day and when the complaint arrives and you go, oh, oh you fuck. So, aye, look, I'm not in any way looking for any sympathy for it, by the way, but um, aye, mistakes are easily made. It's just so hard to fix them once it's happened. And it, it does, like, I've lost brilliant friendships, you know, really amazing friendships over stories that, you know, one in particular was a guy who worked for the BBC who was a dear pal, played football together, and he told me a couple of things when we'd had a few beers and that then led to other people telling me other things that led to a front-page story that caused absolute murders. And it hasn't really been the same with me ever since because he got the blame for telling me about mm. it. It wasn't actually him that gave me the, the, the story in the end. He's felt his stress back yeah, to him. I trust that. And I always used to find that awkward, like, see when you're close to somebody like Martin, say a story came out about Line of Duty. I used to hate that if I'd be sitting in the news conference and they'd go, yeah, we've got this great story about such and such, and I'd be like, oh, no. Or either I knew about it, that's bad because then you're under suspicion. Yeah. If you didn't know about it, you're like, no way. I'm not <laughs> going to ask Martin about it. <laughs> or the third one is that, you know, when you, you, they're talking about something that's wildly wrong about Aye. somebody you know and you're thinking, hold on a minute. Yeah. I, I was there. Like, I remember um, Laura Whitmore, uh, we were at the BAFTAs with her one year, me and Kate, and she was accused by the paper I worked for of copping off with Leonardo DiCaprio. We were there. She, didn't, she said hello to him, but there was a picture of her saying hello to him and it looked like she might have just kissed him or was about to kiss him. And I remember her phoning up in tears saying, I can't believe you've let this happen. And I was like, I had no idea. I had no idea. Mm, I was in yeah. Scotland, this was in the London yeah, edition. Yeah. But then by virtue of working for the same paper, you get a doing for it. That's, and that was hard. It's, a, it's, it's a unfair why it would happen, but I can also see why it would happen. Because I remember having a run in with the son after Martin and I did the first podcast for something. Aye. And I was I was levelling blame at anybody who had the sun.co.uk in their aye. email. Because you're, you're annoyed and you're aye. angry and you're like, you should have known of this. And aye. this person's like, I had, mm. fuck, I had nothing to do with it. There are a lot of people in aye. this organisation. I sometimes remind myself I'm right. And they're all competing as well. Mm. Aye. And do you, do you does it I've not asked you this, does it annoy you now because you're getting aside because the amount of stories that get lifted through your podcast and it's like and then half the times it's not even mentioned and it's like no. feel like it's 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 not not lazy journalism because we are talking about it and then, and there is a way we do kind of want it picked yeah. up but it just feels like especially if you're doing these in depth aye, interviews aye. and then it's just at the end Mate, a wee tiny mention I I I just always get in touch with them no. and I and I had to tweet about it yesterday because it happened again. And I said, um, I'm really pleased when journalists listen to Blithered and when they write about something that they hear in it. And I said, I'm not pleased when I get, sometimes not so much as even a cursory mention at the bottom. If that's where you're lifting it, if you put it up the top, because if you flip it around, imagine I did a full podcast based on however much percentage of work somebody's right. done and then at the end as the theme tune rolls I go right. by the way I got this information mm-hmm. for such and such right. you're uh-huh. like no no no, 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 no. you put it at the start anytime right. if I ever mention something that somebody's done I say right. this is where it came yeah. from yeah. and I'm I'm citing it there's nothing wrong with covering it but it don't be lazy it's sad to be honest because it's like that used to be your job to get that information by doing the interviews yourself right. and what bothers me about it is 
there's you know not just a lack of acknowledgement, but that was my job for years, and it's been served up on a plate, and you're making their life easy. Aye. And I always said that we should have put a disclaimer on it, saying if you're going to run this story, make a fifty pound donation to the Argyle mm. Hospice, because if I was and uh, still a, a freelance journalist, I would send the best bits of the podcast in advance and say, here you go. If you want this, pay us 60 quid and we're going to donate to Target, which we should have yeah, done, right, actually. Yeah. But Now and again, there's there too are, much admin. There are a couple of journalists who are good and who do it properly mm-hmm. and who give the right credit and he'll link the podcast here in the digital article and I will now and again say, here, I've got something for you. You can have a wee listen to this a day before anybody else. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, let's be honest, it's a wee bit of PR for me. Do you know what's mad, though, mate? Like, see, when you work at a newspaper, though, the stuff, especially when you're at a paper like The Sun, so much of what you produce gets taken and people run with it, right? Mm. And it's... It, because so much of it comes out all the time that it's very difficult to track where it's come from. But I worked with a boy, a brilliant reporter called James Clench, who invented the word Chelsky. Did he? Huh? He was the first yeah, person. Yeah, now, do you yeah. ever hear James Clench from the Sun? No. 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 I mean, he's like, I think that's genius. Yeah, yeah. It's I remember the first time everyone heard it and we were like, that's going to stick. It was a boy who came up with the word Brexit, wasn't Brexit, it? Brexit, ah, Megxit never, is the other ah, one, yeah. eh? You never hear the you know, does it, aye? I, mean, I work with amazing, amazing journalists. Like, I work with a guy called Paul Hudson. And uh, when Fergie retired, he drew up a front page with a hairdryer hanging on the coat hook in the dressing room. Nice. I ah, thought, yeah. that's genius. When the two Ronnies died, it was just... Uh, well, sorry, when Ronnie Corbett died, it was just the empty chair in a spotlight, which was quite a nice... Oh, that's uh, And then he, when Ronnie Barker died, it was just the black-rimmed glasses sitting under a spotlight like that. And I thought, you know, those things are but proper... You know those things, I, I listened to a brilliant yeah. podcast at the minute about uh, uh, Bible John creation of a serial uh, and it's the boy talking about that, it just... So that that myth that and it's quite when you get into it, like the police don't think it's one guy, Aye. but because this journalist said on the phone, oh, he reads Bible him and his name's uh, John, so just call him Bible John, and that's just that's became amazing. this myth of this guy Aye. who doesn't they don't seem to think actually exists. Yeah, the, the, you know what spooked me recently was don't fuck with cats. Yeah. Ah, that guy used to pester me. Have you told anyone this? I don't think I have. I love this. Like, I like this. You've told me about it. Is it Luca Magnotti, wasn't it? Mm. Aye. So he used to, he was desperate to be famous. And when I started watching it, you know, the way the story starts, I'm like, this is really weird. This is familiar. This is familiar. <laughs> and then sure enough, Alex West, who worked for The Sun, got this, he was Lord Admiral West's son, right? For fuck's sake. And uh, he was a news reporter and he got sent out to meet Luca Magnotti, but he was always messaging saying, I should be in the bizarre column. You will be writing about me. And we used to get some really mad sort of prisoners. We used to, used to write to us. We used to have a guy who made jewellery for Kate and engraved jewellery boxes. We used to get letters. From, I used to get letters from prison uh, prisoners all the time. But Magnotti was an Interpol wanted murderer. <laughs> and I was getting messages off him. And I looked it up when I was watching the documentary. And sure enough, he'd friend, friend, friend requests on Facebook. It's like, Christ, that could have. Well, you still had the friend request? Aye. Because well, you know the ones you don't answer aye, to. Aye. Was he no one you to go and meet him in a hotel or something? Wanted, yeah, London. he wanted to meet us to tell us about why he was going to be a star. And it wasn't just me, I'm sure there are others, but... And bring your cat. Aye, but the bodies, bodies are piling up. Fucking <laughs> hell, man. Yeah. Mention the podcast there. I've, I've got quite a lot of questions about it. First of all, right, see your WhatsApp picture. See, for years, I just thought, because yours was the... Your WhatsApp picture's the Restless Native sign. The clown, the will. Oh, the clown. Is it? Yeah. I, I genuinely... Diego Maradona. No, it is Diego Maradona. Uh, it was, it was before, though, I'm sure it was. Aye, aye. Or is it your Twitter picture? Don't know. Whatever it was, you but do I, have one of your one of your Oh, icons. the clown and the wolf yeah, on the motorbike. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly I thought that was like you and a pal or something. Like, I didn't know it was a, yeah. it, so it's a film. What? Restless Natives is a film. Because you're too young, aren't you? This is uh, the annoying thing. Yeah. Show me with this conversation. You're what? Are you, how old are you now? Can I reveal that information? Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah. Aye, yeah. so you'd be too. It was 1985. I first saw it. 
I, it was magical watching it with my big brother because the things you forget are that the bike passed my house where I lived in Linlithgow at the time. And then there was a scene in Princess Street right at the end where they're sort of driving through town and they did it after a Hibs-Aberdeen game. <laughs> so all these young Hibs fans and Aberdeen fans are chasing the bike through the streets and me and Graham always wanted to be in it. And then there was a bit when they're in Wester Hills and again, we briefly used to, well, we used to knock about Wester Hills when we were wee boys because my dad was first the doctor up there. And it just felt, you know when there's a, a movie made and all the places in it, you know, it's like Aye. you talk about My Name Is Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, uh, when there's a connection to it, like train spot, and when you recognise mm. places in it, you're like, this is mad. Mine are, my name is Joe, but do you ever watch, because uh, that's for around the corner where yeah. I grew up, but do you ever watch Small Faces? Aye, Small Faces was filmed in like Orkinel. Tongs, your ass. I loved them. Do you remember The Crow Road? Did you ever watch that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was brilliant. brilliant. I loved the book. Yeah, the Ian Banks. Was it looking after Jojo? Looking after Bobby Carlyle, man. I loved that. And Basil. Oh, <laughs> well, he says he goes. Why do they call it smack? And he just fucking biffed him. <laughs> <laughs> the music on that was great. It was all uh, the jam, wasn't it? Going oh, underground. You seen it? No. Right. Oh, my, my, uh, looking after Jojo, which came. Robert Carlyle filmed it just before Trainspot came out. I with as well with uh, Kevin McKidd. Kevin McKidd. Kevin McKidd. Oh, who's Basel. also in like in small faces as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm a young lad, Michael it. Stewart, not the Michael Stewart, yeah. a boy for Edinburgh, who yeah. his claim to fame was he played a wee boy in it and. Uh, Imagine that was your only acting role. Oh well, good way to go out. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's where. So, when the who who came up with the idea for the podcast between you? Was it something that was like a slow burner? Ah, this Restless Natives is it was the company I set up when I left the Sun, right? right? And it was we did all sorts of mad stuff. So we worked for Jaguar Land Rover as cultural consultants, which was a great gig, right? Um, Hold on, is that no use just driving motors in the desert or something? Not right, me, I, I, I was a company, I got to go one you got to come along. He went to all the joints. It was a great job, so they used to phone up and say things like, right, we're going to do the world's first barrel roll of a car at 125 miles an hour in the XL centre, what music should play along to it? So we we went back and said, well, maybe you should get the Pete Tong Orchestra to play live. So they did that. That was the kind of oh, stuff yeah. we were doing. Mm. And then they say, we want to launch the new Discovery. Can you bring some interesting people? So I was like, I know, like this guy Martin Comston, I think, is going to be massive in line of duty. And because you were like a couple of series in by yeah, that point, a couple, but it wasn't quite. And we took Warren, and and then so we, that was what Restless Natives was doing, and that was also on Copper Dog Whiskey. Right, and right. We worked with Universal Records and a few other people, and then we started sort of trying to help Martin a wee bit on the commercial side of his career. So forget the acting side. That was all done by his agent but how can Martin make a few quid doing other stuff and we did it with Josh Taylor and Martin but then Paul my business partner Paul wanted to go manage bands which isn't what I wanted to do and then lockdown hit and then obviously life changes an awful lot mm. but Restless Natives the spirit of what we were doing sort of remained the same and like Martin and I had just been talking about you had a bit of time didn't you I had a bit of time as well and I'd been saying to him for a while like I think you'd be really good Podcaster, like he's mm. got those annoyingly dulcet tones. <laughs> he's got quite a relaxing voice to listen to, and he's got some amazing stories. And then we, I, uh, anytime I've got a wild idea, I, I tend to come to Gordon with it. Mm. Like whether it be with us, it was like, do you want to do? I'm thinking of putting a music festival. How do I go about it? I'm thinking of doing a whiskey. How do I go about it? And a lot of this was just drunken bar talk that should be left there, <laughs> but but during lockdown. It become more because we're just like yeah. trying. Gordon was having a rough time, so I was getting on my phone and again just trying to keep my spirits up. And then I was going, and I had different things. But with an actor, you're you're at a, you're at the mercy of a lot of people. You're waiting on the phone to go all the time, mm. and um, I just felt something like this we we could take control of it ourselves. Proactive, yeah. So I, I think Jerry Cinnamon had actually said as well because we had a few nights out together, and Jerry was messaging saying you you should do this, you should do this, and I said but I people do interviews. 
and it needs to be something a bit different. But because, and again, with our Gowan thing, I'd helped Martin out a few times in the past with, I think maybe example and a few other bits and pieces and made a noise a about times, it. But right? like helped out right. here and there. And I always knew that the Argowan thing would come round. And you'd mentioned like the idea of a festival. And I thought, actually, the story of all of that, and we've been talking about whiskey for years now, right? Since the beginning of Copper Dog and Martin did a bit of work on it. And there were all these things. And I thought, actually, you know, if, if Martin came to me and said, I want to write a book, I would say don't do it. Do a podcast and make a book of the podcast because I think that's the most sensible way to do it. Mm. And because I'd done Vinny's, I wrote Vinny's book and I yeah. wrote Freddie's book. Actually, as I was doing it, I was thinking this would have been better. The, the crack you have when you're doing that, I think, is so much better than the actual book. So when it, it does come to a point, if you ever want to do a memoir, it's all there, right? Mm. You can, <laughs> you know, it's already it done. Aye, aye. What are we now at episode 19? Yeah. But it's yeah. also kind of like tits up, like everything yeah. we plan today isn't it working. Uh, it's been funny, it's been a funny journey, but it's like we really wanted to go to the World Cup, but we, at that point, Scotland were still in the running. Uh, we spoke uh, about this, we said we need to go to a World Cup of Scotland. Then when Scotland don't make it, you start seeing the politics, all that, and you're like, is this is this the right thing for us today? Because uh, we got it, it worked, we got offered to go, and then uh, this festival's just been a nightmare. Like uh, it's been, it's been a laugh, but it's like, they're not an easy thing to put on. No. Like in our, our black book, you kind of thought we could get names and and you can, but everybody goes and you find us, well, mate, I'd love to, but I've got an exclusive contract with, I've got to sell 30,000 tickets at this Aye. place before mm. I can do your, so it's, we'll find our ways and means and it is funny, but as well, we're all, it's quite, and I love it but when we're in studio yeah. together. Yeah. I, I quite struggle a wee bit when we're apart because I, I like it's the like, It's not the same, is it? You're quite same. deaf as well, eh? I am a bit I, I like am <laughs> And there's a delay in Vegas as well So yeah. I find it really nerve-wracking Aye. To do it when he's not in the room Because you can you do actually watch people When they're talking yeah, To I help help to. fill you in I, I, do, it, I do need it But it's even helping now The fact that Because I only got glasses Because I went for an eye <laughs> test With him after thinking And he said <laughs> In the last season well, he Make sure he gets glasses Aye. But <laughs> She it, really frightened me Because she was like He really needs to get this So <laughs> but, it's, but you know what mate It's just been I think it's mm. just a good with a mate, it's just a nice thing to check in. Aye. Um, that's really what I've kind of got out. I kind of miss our catch-ups when we don't do it. Because it helps me, Sean, right? And it's the same sort of thing with you, is that I can get a wee bit heavy sometimes. And Martin's got a brilliant levity about him where he'll just rip the piss out of me and it'll like get me back on track. Because if it was left to my devices, I'd be sitting there going, so let's have a proper conversation about assisted dying, Martin. And you're going, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go out? But I feel as well, I know I'm hyper and I'm like, it's right. hard when I watch back, I'm like, Martin, shut up because he's on a good point there. That's that, that's what I like about it though because it, it is just, it's not even a lot of times when, when somebody's doing a podcast, you can tell they've got one I or sort of part of their mind on the listener Aye. include the listener and I'm not saying that he's don't but it is very much just a back and forth and at times you're like this is just two, two old men arguing with you each know, other it's a, it's a particular West Coast thing though because like, like, the fire that you <laughs> you rain down on each other all the fucking time <laughs> it, but I love it because it helps me with my other stuff because Aye. it sharpens the tools like because you are quicker and faster Aye. and more brutal than anybody else in the world on the West Coast of I Scotland know. and we need to be as well you know, we were talking right earlier but it's, it's just yeah. Martin was saying like whether it's Cockneys, Manx, Scousers or West Coast Glaswegians it's like 
you're always on high alert because you're like, I could be getting a swag and anything. Something's coming. Something it, like, it, it cracks me up, like, because, it, you know, I was uh, in the dressing room after football the other day, right? I played for over 40s, so that's a woman. I remember, I, I came out and had a few beers with them. You but did, didn't you? Yeah? She, I, I had just finished filming <laughs> at the BBC yeah. and they were up in Partick. <laughs> and I, she, after about 20 minutes, I was like, what the fuck have I walked into here? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, that got so out of control that night. <laughs> really, I can't believe really, you yeah. saw that. I know, and then I, I went for dinner with about eight pints in there. Because yeah. <laughs> we were trying to arrange a game, which is. <laughs> Making me quite excited, this idea, Greenock v Mamob and Kinross. But we got the bus back and the boys never... Ian's coaches, Ian, our relationship... Oh, that one, was aye, it? Aye, that one. Oh, right, aye, and they played one. a get wrecked. Oh, man. And I, I was, so I was, was going to say to you, I was in the dressing room after the game the other day and they've just relayed the Astro, the 4G. So when you know the little black rubber bits aye. that get everywhere? So the boys were talking about it and I was like, oh, Kate went mental at me because the house is full of it. Eh? There was three rooms and Galsy, you know, Gal- Galsy's right. turning and went, I will know you've got a fucking big house, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, there's no reply to that, is there? No, and I was what just like, for fuck's sake. But I loved it because then I come back down and you're doing because stuff. Because that thing is, but what, what I... And for way my mates, I've got to preempt their joke as well because I was like, I was running like a reject, and before you said, I'm fucking short, all right, and move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to get in there. You do that, but almost earlier on when you were doing an impression, I could waiting for you to go, No, and he wasn't he Welsh. <laughs> I, 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 I know, I need to get, I've, I've rolled that one out a yeah, couple yeah. of times too many, but, but I love it because it keeps, it keeps you on your well, toes. Eh? We've a couple of times we've had a, a few scoops from the night before and hanging, mm. and then we're like, We'd one day we were mate, we were we Warren Brown a good powers, <laughs> and it was utter chaos. And me and him had the fear after it. And we were like, we can't keep doing this. And then we did another one after it, really kind of nice and serene, going, yeah, let's get on to these things. And I remember listening to it together. I was like, that one's pish. That one's <laughs> funny as any. And I was like, actually, you get the feedback from people because Gordon's quite rightly worried. Yeah. Underage, it's going, this can't be stories about you pished all the time. That's what people, That's what people want to hear. Yeah. I know, so people do think, though, what you share, right, is a true reflection of your yeah. proper life, but it's a veneer, isn't it? Nah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what they don't see is when you're walking a dog or you're I was back just in about Vegas. something about your teeth there as soon as I'm like, that. I know, I know. I'm trying to find a way back. They're all mine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like twelve percent of them might be fake. The, the rest are all mine. Uh, so I was Turkey. Was <laughs> so you know, I remember I, I went to Istanbul I and I was doing. It was I went in. I was interviewing a guy uh, that negotiates with ISIS for hostages, like yeah. mental. And I was like, my mate Jamie was coming yeah. off his boat and all that, and I was like, this is perfect. I can get a holiday. And again, it's preempting the joke. So I put up a picture in Edinburgh Airport saying on the way to Istanbul for a bit of work. And then the next thing, I was like, by the way, my hair and teeth are already my own. Just because up before you end up saying it. I've actually, you just reminded me of some of you two fuckers, right? Because I turned up at Global the other day, as usual late. So Martin's already in the studio. And every time I walk in now, bear in mind, I worked in that building from XFM to Radio X, best part of 10 years. In fact, more than that, 12 years. I walked in and it's the last thing that's been there for years. And the first thing she said was, How's Sean? <laughs> and I was like, For fuck's sake. And then the other girl was like, Martin's already here. And I'm like, Right. <laughs> oh, hello, Hi. Gordon. How are you? We should give. We'll give Kirsty a wee mention. Aye, how do you pronounce Kirsty's second name? Guyver. 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 Kirsty and Tequila, and I had a couple of drinks with him in Soho House um, on the Tuesday night. Good night. Nice people. Yeah, good people. Professional. Great people. Can, are you want? Yeah. Off. Get back to Greenock. Right. Pleasure, guys. Right, 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 right,
Um, Probably something uninteresting. No, it was about going out with Kirsty and Tequilin yes. down, in, down in London. Good night. Um, I always like hanging about with London pals, so Aye. good, good Every to know that I've been in London. The last time you took me to <laughs> TGI Fridays. Oh, no, I remember. And that. I had a frame, I had a picture frame on me. That must have been pre lockdown. Picture frame for Social Recluse. That's right, Social Recluse. It was Sunshine on Leaf, which is hanging above my, my boy's uh, bed, actually. No, that, that was, mm-hmm. you must have finished in the studio. I was doing the stairs. We were drinking and then we went to the Groucho and then Max Evans appeared. Oh God, oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. And then we had the party back at Do his you know, flat. I bumped into the right, I was walking along the platform of the Central Line and this is not a Paul Black piss take. Oh, right. Have you seen that? No. I'm back to the Central Line. Oh, aye, aye, aye. I Unbelievable. Think. No, I was walking along the platform of the Central Line and uh, he's brilliant by the way, Paul Black. We'll get on to that in a minute. But um, walking down the platform and Jodie McCallum was there. Oh, right, aye. And oh, I, she was there that night? Aye, that's what, that's what aye. I think of it. So I've got a, obviously got a big jacket on, it's cold and, and a scarf, all the rest of it. And she's just turned around to see me approaching her. <laughs> and she's going, ah! Because she thought I was going to push her on the train tracks. Anyway, thanks very much. Oh, that's amazing. There's coffee Posh coffee out. as well. Thanks, Fiona. Uh, there's a cup there. I'll take that one. Thank, Thank you. Cheers. I so um, I think she thought I was going to push her on the train, and she then went on Twitter and went and made made some remark along the lines of, "Oh my God, Gordon Smart, you gave me the fright of my life. I thought you were going to push me under a train." So I started getting abused, going, what are you approaching a young woman for? <laughs> okay, Typical <man>. son. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, Paul, Paul's, I've had Paul in twice. He's, his brother, also hilarious as well. You yeah. actually, you introduced me to him. Um, the reason I knew him, well, of knew him was because of your podcast. Oh, right, First yeah. time I was introduced to him. So fair play go. to you, Shawnee boy. You're always uncovering new talent. Um, you love the talent, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, right, so see, see before you came in. Right. And I had mentioned the Paolo story about me grabbing him in the quarantine and all that. Oh, and it's a sort of longer detail to it, but I was wanting you to tell the one about, because I just want people to hear this, about yeah. when you get the phone call for your neighbour. Brilliant. Because Martin was staying. So 2013, um, I had I lived obviously with my wife and two kids in South East London, a place called Honor Oak Park. And that's when things went a bit mad for me because I kind of got a tap on the shoulder saying you're going to go back and edit The Scottish Sun and it all mm. happened really quickly, right? So my daughter would have been probably just born 2013, yeah. So she was born in March 2013. So Kate had a baby and a three-year-old three boy and they had to go back to Scotland and we'd bought this house that we were renovating. So she was back in Scotland, Kate was up there with the kids and I was living between London and Scotland kind of doing two jobs starting off editing the paper and still being the showbiz editor. So it was a really weird time. And I had, so everyone had obviously moved out of the house. So Martin was looking for somewhere to live because he needed to get out of living with uh, Kyle Faulkner from The View. Because <laughs> he kept painting the walls. <laughs> <laughs> so he was looking for a more serene life. So he moved in with me and my old boss at Radio X, Matt Deverson. So I knew I was going to be moving back to Scotland. I thought, actually, Devo from Radio X and... Martin would be trustworthy people to keep an eye on the flat. And I thought, Martin will be away loads of it anyway. So suits me. He pays a bit of rent, keeps the flat going. First night we stayed in the flat together, I, I think I went to bed at half past six in the morning and was up for work at half past seven and thought, I can't I can't carry on with this. <laughs> I, really, I really need to keep my wits about me. So this is not the time for living with Martin. <laughs> so anyway, I've moved up to Scotland the following week. And I'd given him a wee bit of a pep talk and I said, listen, you've got to remember this is my family home, Martin. This is where my children have started their life and this is where my wife and I conceived the children. <laughs> and all that kind of important stuff. Just respect it. 
please just respect that we've lovingly renovated this house and just be respectful. And we had lovely neighbours as well upstairs. They were both lawyers working on the Olympics, 2012 Olympics, <laughs> really bright people. And I had, what, three days later, this was a Thursday, I had that chat. <laughs> I got a phone call on the, I think it was the Monday, maybe the Sunday night. And they were like, Gordon, it's about Martin. He's such a lovely, gregarious, effervescent, bubbly young man. We love him. We think he's a great bloke and it's always great to have him around. But the party's been going on for four days now and four <laughs> nights. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, okay, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'll have a word with him. That shouldn't be happening. And uh, they said, yeah, yeah, we wouldn't be that angry. We would be more angry if it wasn't for the person who's staying at your flat. We just wondered if we could ask, who is who is it that's singing in your garden and in your in your living room? Because he has the most wonderful voice. It's beautiful. So I put the phone down, phone Martin. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I told you to respect the fucking flat, you dick. And I was like, what's going on? He went, oh, nothing. I've just had a couple, couple of nights, four fucking nights. I told you about this. And I said, um... Anyway, who's it that's singing in the flat? And he went, Paolo. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of have to just let that line go. Paolo. And I was like, all right, fair enough. But he, Paolo was sitting playing Kate's acoustic guitar, singing Iron Sky. Oh, yeah. And those songs at that point, yeah. You'd, you'd never wash a guitar again, would you? Well, never Paolo, let anybody touch it. It's a mad thing because uh, Paolo has also been really reluctant to ever deal with me because I worked for The Sun. <laughs> it's like, oh, you can't do a wee interview with me, can you? But you can... Part of my house for four have days. Have company in my in my apartment <laughs> for four days, eh? Is that how it works? Yeah, you know how it is. Right. Um, I went to Radio 5 Live, by the way. Yes. Meant to ask, how have okay. you been enjoying that? Oh, I've loved it, Sean. It's been, I was there covering an afternoon show in the house show the day of the BBC's 100th birthday, right? Oh, nice. Um, so the, the building is full of the director general and, mm. and, you know, all the sort of BBC luminaries. And, uh, I got a message through the glass from the, the producer saying, right, uh, John Simpson's going to make a surprise appearance on the show to talk about the history of the BBC. So he comes in, we're having a blether, and I was asking him all those usual questions. You know, what's it like working for the BBC and how much has it changed and what do you think the future is and all that? And I said, you know, you, I could ask you a, a thousand sycophantic questions about a long and amazing career, but I want to know the worst thing that's happened to you. So he went off and started telling the story about being taken hostage in Libya and his relationship with his, the... Um, the, the terrorist or the, the guy who was keeping him hostage. And and he said, it's three o'clock. I can swear on this show, can't I? And I went, no, John, you can't swear <laughs> on this show. And he went, oh, in the interest of accuracy, I think it's only fair. The guy was an absolute wanker. <laughs> so I found myself on the show going, three o'clock. John, you can't do that. There's kids probably on their way back from school <laughs> right now. So what are you doing? Had to give John Simpson a row in the trouble. And then two weeks later, it was um, Liz Truss's resignation when I was on air. So ah, nice. Baptism of fire. I thought you were going to say, when you asked what was the worst moment, he was going to say, having this conversation with you. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Sean. Aye. I, to, I was up there as well. I had to get in there. No, Liz Truss resigning. So, because you, yeah. you were doing, you were covering it in the summer. Oh, yeah, you? I did a Laura Whitmore show for uh, about eight, I think it was six or eight weeks. And then I did Nahal's show. I've been doing Weekend Breakfast. Excellent. I covered Colin Murray's show. Um, and I was meant to be on but then the Queen died so I had quite a lot of work disappear there and also the, the World Cup hasn't been great for Scottish voices No, I so I missed out on a fair bit of work in the last four weeks at least England are it's now it's now getting good you can't see that you have to stay in your true don't you no no. they, they didn't get far enough and then <laughs> I miss know, out yeah, and actually, I would have liked to have seen them get to the final and exactly. then get beat like, like extra. Morocco beat them 3-0 after extra we set that tears. trend a few years ago Who do you, think, do you think there's a way of predicting who'll win it 
Um, no, I think what I love about it is it feels really up in the air. It's good, it, isn't it? It's justifying all logic because even if you're looking at precedent set during the mm-hmm. tournament of teams form or whatever, yeah. it's like they're all either dropping points in the early group stage and it's just yeah. it's chaos. I I loved 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 seeing Argentina being pure bastards. I loved I know, it. I, know. I love that. Like, I just I love, love that. I love villains. I love baddies. Yeah. Except when it's against my team and then I'm all indignant <laughs> and I'm all annoyed about it. But I thought it was great and I love Messi doing the Raquel Me celebration at Elia yeah, Van Gaal and all that. I know. It's funny, it's good to come get on here and have a proper grown-up chat with you because I can't have these conversations with Martin. But the, the World Cup thing was a really big issue for us because we got offered an amazing trip, like I've a really incredible trip. And we decided it wasn't right. And I think I stand by it, actually. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have felt right taking money to go there and on the razzle. Well, um, I, I, I have to agree with you because for the football sense, you're like, right, well, I'm going to watch it, the tournament's right. on, you're not going to just, th- there are nuances to things, there are nuances to things, but I think overall that's right because yeah, I think for, for the general gist of the points that people are making, if you're, you, I don't know, you can't say yeah. I'm an ally of the gay community or whatever and then say, but I'm going to go and take the pound here and yeah. I'm going to just overlook thing, everything. Right? We're all massive hypocrites, aren't we? massive hypocrites yeah. and if you start to unpick your life and make decisions based on your ethics so people always say to me why did you work for the sun and i said well i was so skint when i was 22 i was in student debt other debt we were really struggling me and kate living in london and uh i got offered this job on x number x times my you know my salary and i thought i didn't actually consider the ethics of it at the time because i was just determined to provide for my wife and Family, you know? I think it's, it's fair comment. You can you can whittle that all the way down to if somebody tweets a criticism about something, aye. and then you can say, "Oh, well, you sent that from your iPhone." So some <laughs> exactly, some perfect person you are, and you're like, aye. "Where? How? How many times can you reduce it?" Aye. Um, aye. A, guy, a guy came up to me once, Scottish fella. Uh, we were at a Blur concert, and I was showbiz editor of the paper at the time. No, I wasn't. I was maybe just turned editor in Scotland. And he said, I can't wait for you to meet my girlfriend, can't wait to. And he was giggling and giggling. And she turned up and she was wearing a red and white sun t-shirt. And he introduced me to her and she said, I'm so embarrassed I'm having to wear this filth. I've been prostituting myself today, working for those evil bastards. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And, and, I was, and this guy was like, can you tell her what you do? And I was like, yeah, I'm editor of the Scottish <laughs> And she went, oh, well, I stand by it. And I said, oh, well, fair enough. You're the one that got paid to wear it. So you've got to live with that, not me. Aye, aye. <laughs> I just remember he found it so funny. And I was like, God, that was a wee bit, a wee bit painful to deal with, you know? Uh, a bit embarrassing. Aye. On a lighter note, Christmas, yeah. what are your Christmas plans? So I'm away working in London. In fact, Belfast with Comston. Sorry, mate. Belfast to Comston, then I go to London f- working for this new job and then I come back briefly. Then I've got this mad little spell before Christmas where I'm in London, Manchester, then home. So I don't know how I'm going to navigate the country with my timekeeping strikes and all the rest <laughs> of it. So, and then I've, my new my new job starts on the 28th and 29th of December. So it's a big build up to that really. And um, just trying, I've got to try and, keep as fit as I can and not hit the bottle eh? is the new job something that you need to tell me off Mike or are you able to say what it is when does this go out um, probably in the next couple of days aye well, I'll, I'll tell you when, I'll, I'll tell you off Mike but oh exciting aye it's exciting it's do terrifying you need, do I you need, need I'll, somebody to make the coffee for a guy that makes the tea <laughs> I'll be honest with you Sean I need it I really need it 
to, to work because it's been a horrible three years and ah, it's been like, you and I haven't had a problem I think we maybe did one conversation when I was struggling with my voice but it's been really bad you know and listen it's, it's weird complaining about it because everybody went through difficult stuff but it was a proper epiphany for me right losing my voice a lot of people don't realise it that yeah. day it, just as Covid kicked in your voice packed in you had to get your operation uh, but it got delayed it's been a really it was a really bad run Sean like I, I, one of my I fell out with one of my best friends in the last sort of 15 years and we'll never speak again and it really really hurt and the dog died right and, oh, fuck and, and that, that, that knocked me for six like it properly banjoed me and I was struggling with my voice and struggling with my voice and then it just eventually gave up I had to come off Radio X and it, the surgeon <clears throat> surgeon said to me we'll get you in for an operation beginning of March get that fixed because there's something on your vocal cord we need to get off we don't know what it is so he um, he booked me in and then I got a phone call saying, look, there's this thing happening that's probably going to stop the country. It's too dangerous for you to have respiratory tract surgery. So we're going to have to wait until this thing kind of calms down or blows over. So I waited. That was March. I got the operation in September. So it was that March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Seven months I waited for the op. And um, the insurance didn't pay out, didn't help me. Um, I didn't get paid by Radio X because... You know, they said, look, if you don't, under the terms of your contract, if you don't deliver your show, you, you're you're not going to get paid, which was, that was the contract. That's what I signed up to. But yeah. then my contract ran out. And it's like being an injured footballer, right? You're not going to get a new gig if, you, if you're if you lying in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. So lost all my work. And it was it was terrifying, Sean. Really terrifying. Because, you, you know, my other business is whiskey. And um, we sell most of it in airports, nightclubs and bars and restaurants. They all shut. So that fell off a cliff. <laughs> And um, from being in a position of being relatively comfortable and knowing where your life's going and what you enjoy and what makes you happy and being able to pay the bills, I was suddenly looking at it thinking, I'm going to have to sell the house maybe, or you know, how are we going to pay the, how are we going to cope if I can't speak? Mm. And also, the, you know, the, I don't want to sound too dramatic, but you know, you lose a little bit of weight, right? You, you're you're told by a surgeon you've got something on your voice that he doesn't like doesn't like the colour of it Aye. you start and he said things like have you had an interest in life Mr Smart and I'm like yeah do you drink much yes and then you start to think maybe I've got maybe I'm 42 year old and I've got I've got something more sinister mm. so I spent a lot of time convincing myself of the worst thing and you know what it's like you need those I, you, I love company of other folk when you're at the football or whatever and you can get that stuff off your chest you're really good at it actually you know catching up with people and having a blether I don't think we realised the value of that until it was taken away from Aye, us completely. for years. So then I ended up, get eventually got the operation, had to learn to speak properly, then went down on that mad job, which you were briefly a part of, the News UK. Oh, fuck, yeah, I forgot, man, you forgot about that. Mate, do you know that you was... Came down? That was actually uh, two years. Mate, that was two years today. It was, Two years ago today we exactly, found that. Because yeah. I was like, we've got this guy, Sean, definitely get him involved. And with the pilot, I thought it was great. You know, we were in a... Uh, in Chris Evans' studio and ah, it was, at Virgin Radio, it was funny watching like it back. I think, do you not think they changed the format ah, too much? It just ended up like they didn't. I don't don't think the vision for what nah. became talk TV was right at the beginning. No, nah. but I was there for eighteen months, and um, it was weird. It was like going back into an episode of Succession, having plucked up the courage <laughs> to leave. Yeah, I found myself back in the same play, ah. but with a very different role. And uh, anyway, I left in July, and um, again, I'm back, back trying to piece it all together. But with a bit of luck, this thing might stick, and it could be a bit of a longer term thing. Aye, I feel like, obviously, having kind of watched it happen to me as well, and, and had my own wee sort of variations of that type of scenario. Mm. Like over the past few years, there have been times when you I think you're on the floor, or I've felt on the floor. I feel as if you've been the same. 
and you think, well, there's no way back. This is it. I'm going to have to think of something else. And then you kind of you persevere, you plod along, and through that perseverance and endurance comes other opportunities. Oh, yeah. And then and then when they do come around, not only I think are you more equipped, you appreciate it even more. Aye. And well, so you think about it, right? You probably didn't realise this, but when you were on the rooftops in Barcelona sending the messages to XFM, I was sitting about ten feet from where I had that conversation with Kirsty Guiver and Toby Tarrant and all those guys you know I was sitting in the studio above that reception and that's there you are now in as part of that I know that's funny so if you think it? of the serendipitous nature of you messaging and then ending up being part of that wee family Aye. it's crazy isn't it but and I, I popped in to see Toby and producer Vin as well aye, actually aye. in between good good to see them it's um, aye I mean well, that was the other thing I missed those right I didn't get a chance to say goodbye I know that's a shame man and that that is a really horrible thing when you leave a job you know you you should have a period where you're like, let's all go for a pint and say cheerio. Because I saw more of him than I saw my wife for Aye. four years, you know? And also, having plucked up the courage and taken the brave pill to leave the sun and then finding happiness and then doing something for the benefit of your own well-being and mental health and all that, for it all to suddenly go up and smoke and then you suddenly don't have the comfort blanket of Aye. health insurance, of a salary, bonuses, all those things that I had as part of the sun... I started to think, have I made the biggest mistake of my life leaving that? Maybe mm. I was too uh, sensitive about people criticising me for working there and maybe that was my life. Maybe I should have just stayed the editor of the paper and, and been proud of it. The way I see it is <clears throat> you should just always follow, I don't know, whatever feels intuitively right and then sometimes it does go wrong mm-hmm. or it feels as if it's going wrong um, and you think I've made a massive mistake but that instinct was in you for, for a reason and well you might be being rerouted and not every stop on the path to somewhere better is going to be nice and pleasant and no. pleasurable and lovely no. it's kind of always a, 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 like I think it's the equivalent of like climbing a mountain uh, yeah. the view for the top was always great some parts of the journey are nice and pleasurable but there's going to be some fucking precarious yeah. parts of Martin it as well. Geisler says that as well he said too many people are preoccupied with the journey to the top of the mountain uh, sorry with the view from the top of the mountain You've got yeah. to enjoy the way there. And exactly. it sounds like birthday care pish, as Martin would say. <laughs> still game. No, it, no, it, it does sound like it's birthday true. care pish, but it is true. And it, there's a reason that certain, I don't know, certain viewpoints aren't crowded. <laughs> you know, and it's because people, and, and that's fair enough, but I think if you want to get to a certain point, then you do have to either sometimes realise that ah, you're going to, you're going to have be stuck at base camp aye, for a while. Or you're, so you're, not, you're not always going to be ascending. Aye. There are going to be points where you are walking. It feels like aye. you're walking for a long time and not getting anywhere. See, you've not. I don't know if you've been at that point in your life where there's a big change. Like what they talk about a seven year itch sometimes in relationships, but like big moving away from London for us was tough because suddenly Kate was back in Scotland, away from all the folk that she was friends aye. with, and she, I think she was really hurt because they didn't come and visit her or mm. come and travel north. And it makes you realise, again, it's one of those epiphanies in life where you think, who are my real friends? Oh, I've had a few of those the past couple of years. And it, it's a really, it's a big thing to go through in your life. And we've had it a couple of times now. And um, that's where Martin, Sean, and you were great as well. You know, when the chips are down and things are shite, or you change jobs and you're no longer that influential character in newspapers that can save your skin, you know who your friends are, mm. right? I know, and I've been can, through that quite a few times. Can now. do things for people. Right? It's it, it can be quite painful as well. And you can you reflect on yourself, don't you? Or I do, and I'm like, is it me? Is it me and then aye? sometimes you kind of go, it's both of you. Aye. You kind of grow, you grow in, in different ways. Sometimes aye. you're not of, of used to people, and mm. I think that can be quite unpleasant. But I think when you get past that wee painful period, you're like, mm. do you know what? I'm I'm glad I know that actually now. Aye. Instead, of you just fucking try to. Hang off me for something And also What you're doing now 
the friendship in your life was at a different place. And sometimes those things aren't, you know, going to dovetail nicely together anymore. And no. it's better just to walk away. Not compatible. Aye. Interesting life chat. It's funny how what, what this started with me and Martin talking Aye. about me getting Paolo Nutini in a headlock to us. <laughs> having a, a, See, a reflection. I wanted the grown-up conversation with you, Sean, because Martin just sits there going, you're full of shite, you're always late, you're a fucking nightmare. Picking <laughs> up on tiny wee mistakes. You know, it's, both things can be true. <laughs> Good to see you, Sean. Yes, you too, mate. Right. What do you want to do? As we round up, shall we tell where will we go? Do you want to go for something? I'm to eat? starving. I am. Yeah, I so am I. Eat and, and uh, I'm staying in Glasgow now. Tonight. Are you? Because uh, I, I can't get back. Let's I'm... go. To, let's go to the gym then. Right. If you, are you so, up for that? I will go for something. Sh- before you go, can you tell the story about when I took you to the gym? <laughs> all right. Okay. I. Well, I mean, first of all, I have to preface it. But we'll just get. Uh, yeah, I'll preface it by saying I was coming down, flying down to meet you. Right. And uh, so I must have been on like the 8am flight and you're like, just come straight to the Manor Gym at Victoria. It's all these ex-servicemen and rugby players and MMA fighters. I'm like, all right, this will be normal then. (laughs) And it was Ben John. By the way, Ben John, absolutely flying there. He is, isn't he? TikTok influencer. Ben John is a former professional rugby player. He played for Ospreys, played for Wales. Ospreys, yeah. And uh, he was a personal trainer at the Manor. And... uh, I took his in he said we're going to be doing the circuits and it was all mental stuff like carrying um, kegs and squats but you start off in that mad treadmill thing so I had only had a coffee I did a coffee and a croissant on my my flight down and that was it started sprinting thinking fuck it I'll just go for it maybe three minutes later I'm (laughs) spewing in the sink (laughs) spewing in the sink absolutely horrendous Um, but I I mean a great place to go for a workout but fuck me is that tough and because it's like people like uh, Foxy for SOS who there's wins and all that so it's it's no wee guys messing about it's proper but what I love about it is that it doesn't matter the standard you're at they always make you feel completely welcome I went there with Michael Jameson the uh, swimmer and he, he again he showed them all how it was done right you've got an Olympic athlete so you, you're familiar with guys that are rugby players or like you say ex-special forces lads and then suddenly the Scottish swimmer comes in and rips the machines off the wall and you're like yes he's right. one of my but it was like the time I took you to play football in London as well and we absolutely battered them and the capital we, FM we, we played on it we ran it didn't we right, <laughs> it we did like, run the show yes. it, it was like it was like two big bay times two playing football it was great wasn't it leaving one in I'm sure I actually saw one of those one of those boys did yeah. one of them not end up on Dancing on Ice uh, that we played against I might be uh, totally making that up uh, it was um, because uh, Roman Kemp was meant to play and he never turned up did shut he? it uh, but we played twice I think and one on the rooftops just for all time's that sake that was you. class wasn't it but, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it battles you yeah. uh, that was good I don't remember then try, remember we went for a, a beer and I'm thinking right we're going to get right into this one beer and then they're ringing their wee bell last all this I know, that, I what? know. it's like half ten at night what's going on so called capital city in the world I can get, if I can get a pint in the gorbals at half two in the morning I should be able to get one Correct. in London it still annoys me and I've been there 20 years what is the reason for it I did end up drinking five pints between 10 and midnight the other night though, <laughs> you're like you know you're under pressure woke up the next day going I wonder why I feel shite so, well because you gunned five pints of Guinness in no time whatsoever excellent man I love it I hope we can get a London night out again soon because right, we'll we will get one I, I'm, they're I'm always the best leading a strange life at the moment you know where I'm it's tough it's tough man like never being in the same place more than one night I've never well, worked harder and earned less <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my world <laughs> would you will you will you be in London most of the time uh, over Christmas yeah I think right, so right okay yeah. right, okay we'll see what we can sort right then. son mate this has been great that's lovely to see you yes you too I can't believe you invited comps and I thought it was Martin Geisler I was coming on with I <laughs> know I mean I, I tried to get the number one Martin but <laughs> Geisler wasn't available, so I went clunes. I went for I went for the uh, the third best option. Martin O'Neill's in town as well. <laughs> well, well, watch this space.
Oh, get him on, man. I know, well, it's, it's, it's hard trying to get dates. Aye. See, trying to get dates for stuff is difficult because we need to, to fit in, but let's I'd see. I'd love to hear your interview with him, actually. I know, let's yeah. see. Good man. Cheers, mate. And thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for putting up with our bullshit and our nonsense. And we'll be back with another episode of Blethered soon. Cheers. Blethered was written, recorded and produced by Sean McDonald in association with The Big Light. Music and post-production by Brian McAlpine. And for more information, go to thebiglight.com. If you like this podcast, please check out all our other series, including Talk Media, Natural Wonders, You Could Start a Fight in an Empty House, Talking Derry Girls, Brave Your Day, The Tartan Noir Show, Double Scotch, Great Scott, Trust Me I'm a Leader, Unearthed, A Sonic Hug and Old School. All on the Big Light, Scotland's podcast network. From the Big Light Studio.